Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leap. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Hello, everybody. And welcome to episode 17 of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL, as well as their implications in fantasy hockey. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, along with my good pal, the track and field star himself, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing today? Nick. The volatility of emotions on an <laughs> NHL night where a lot of teams play is extreme, to say the least. Hmm. I, and this is a week where it's, it's happening a lot because we've got days where the schedule is just loaded and then days where it's empty. So mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever I see one of these days when it's all full, I'm just like, all right, tonight's either going to go really, really good for me and I'm going to be happy right. or I'm going to be depressed. <laughs> It's a, it's been a pretty pretty sad week so far, honestly. I've seen Montreal get lit twice, and that has set me right to... Just when you think the whole Montreal... Oh, Carey Price is back, putting up solid numbers, <laughs> and then boom, he goes 950, 950, 830, 830. It's like, oh, fuck. Give me a break here. I had to turn the game off. I, had to t- I stopped watching hockey last night. I just said, you know what? 8 o'clock, I'm done. I'm just going to watch Spider-Man. That's what I did. Because I good. just couldn't take it. Well, no, I I see your point. Because I I for everybody, just so they know, I got a I got a text message from Kyle last Thursday saying, "quote Carrie Price is back," <laughs> end quote. And uh, next thing you know, the next two games, he's getting lit up. No, no. How 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 wrong could that comment have been? No, I hold on, hold on. I'm not gonna. We can't say anything until Shea Weber's back and, and Paul Byron's back and everything's going at full full stuff. You know, we can't really make a full judgment on him yet. But how cool was that moment uh, when Price made that save on Ovi and he gave him a little clap and, and patted him on the on the chest there? Wasn't that funny? Those are just moments of the game that you'll always remember. Two, two highly respected players just showing camaraderie. You know, that was that was a really. Uh, that was a great. It was a great shot, great save, and and just a fun little thing to see afterwards. Yeah, and just the fact that it was in Montreal, there was almost a standing ovation for that one save. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, it was just cool, very cool moment. I think that those little things are good for the game. But then just a very deflating loss in overtime. I was just, oh, just to lose like that with Lars Eller of all people, who they were booing right before the. They goal. were booing, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But anyways. We'll get into our first segment here if you want. 
which is uh, some new coaches. So the first one here, Nick, is Todd McClellan in Edmonton is out and Ken Hitchcock is in. Um, so what we have here is we actually had Hitchcock earlier on say he was retired from coaching early on in the year. And now he's on a, a, just a one-year deal with Edmonton. I think they plan to play out the season and then fully reevaluate after this year in in Edmonton. Honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot that Todd could have done with this roster that he was given. But uh, that being said, I don't mind this move simply because, and you know, I'm not much of a coaching kind of guy. Like, I don't know a whole lot about coaches. What I do know is that Ken Hitchcock is somewhat of a defensive specialist in the way he sets up his systems. So I don't think this this change can do anything but help Edmonton, who is obviously very porous on defense. Now, I don't know how he handles the McDavid line. I've heard little rumblings saying, you know, he's going to let McDavid's line go loose, give him tons of minutes. Um, just, you know, here's the here's the ball. You, you run with it, do what you want, and then maybe put in a bit more defensive structure with the rest of the lines. But, uh, you know, I don't think this could go anywhere but up for Edmonton right now because, you know, I think they they couldn't look any worse than they already do, right? I mean, I know he won his first game there, but uh, I like Hitchcock here at least for the one year. I don't see him as a long-term thing in Edmonton. But, uh, yeah, I think this could be okay for Edmonton, especially helping out Cam Talbot and, uh, and Koskinen back there. I think this could be good. Yeah, well, I actually want to dissect this looking at two individuals. Number one, I want to look at Peter Shirelli. Oh, boy. Because uh, th- this is interesting, in my opinion, because I-, I-, I think it's interesting because I've heard a lot of people say, quote, this is the last bullet in his chamber. It's the last bullet he's got left, right? Imagine yeah. that some guy approaching him with an axe about to kill him. Sorry to, Sorry to get graphic here. <clears throat> Oh, and and Shirelli's backed up into the corner and he's got his one pistol and he's got one bullet left. This is it. Yeah. This will this will define his career in Edmonton. Because to this point, it's been shit. I mean, you 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 guys know the details. The Barzell trade where he trades the pick that 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 was was to be Matthew Barzell for Griffin Reinhardt. Um he makes uh, he signs Talbot to an extension, which which looks awful right now. Um, seemingly trades away all his draft picks when he doesn't have the first overall pick. It's seemingly a bad pick. Um, the guy's just been awful, and uh, to me, this seems like his final shot here. And I'm not all that surprised it was Hitchcock because when you look at Shirelli and who he's brought into this organization, uh, whether it be Lucic or Larson. Um, he tends to go with heavier, slower, physical players, guys who don't necessarily meet the mold of McDavid. And that's why he has been criticized, because he's essentially infusing a lineup full of slower talent, slower guys who should be speedier playing with a guy like McDavid. They just can't keep up. And so the the, the way this team's built has kind of been flawed. And... This, to me, seems like a classic Shirelli coaching hire because it's a guy who likes heavy hockey. He likes defensive hockey. He's the kind of guy who fits the mold of the Boston Bruins five years ago when Shirelli was the GM there. So, to me, I wasn't all surprised to see Hitchcock was the hire given Shirelli likes to play that kind of brand of style. That's the way this Edmonton team was built to play. I just think it's weird because... 
McDavid is so fast. He's so explosive. And now with this coaching hire, it seems like you want this team to commit to heavy hockey, heavy defensive hockey, which we've seen teams that like LA and St. Louis, that, that, that system's just dated. So as much as I love Hitchcock and I love the personality and what he's done and the success he's had, it looks as if almost like Edmonton is just going down the road of LA St. Louis where we've already seen what the fate of that could be. So I, I'm a little confused, if anything, here, Kyle. Well, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to take a hot shit on Peter Shirelli all day long, Nick. I mean, you mentioned some of the uh, some of the moves he's made: the Lucci's contract, the Barzell fucking pick goes to Reinhardt, um, and there's been talk about um, just the fact that McDavid's prime years are starting, you know, now and onwards. And uh, this guy, he's, he has this responsibility that's unique in hockey where you have a generational player and you're supposed to surround him with a team that would give him success, allow him to be that, uh, give him the ability to be one of the greats. And, and they asked Jim Rutherford about this. They said, do you feel any pressure that you have Sidney Crosby in your organization to fill him with you know, talented guys and to make your roster successful? And he goes, absolutely like this is my responsibility to treat this player and give him the career he deserves now what we've seen out of uh out of Shirelli in the past couple of years is just a, an absolute travesty of of GM moves it's just it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen and this is the guy who traded Tyler Sagan from Boston like this is uh this is that guy and it, it just doesn't make sense the moves he's made and this, to me, like a lot like you said, it's a good point. His last kick at the can to, to see if what he's done can give him any sort of results. So he's going to bring in this Hitchcock guy and say, hey, this is what I have. I know that this is probably um, what, like a, a group of players in terms of style that you're used to coaching. See what you can do with this, honestly. And it's, it's tough on Hitchcock because... You know, it's not suited to this this style of NHL in this in this game, but he must he must have had a plan for the McDavid line. I, I can't believe he comes in here and says, "All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make McDavid do do some defensive uh, maneuvers here, and you know he's gonna you know not uh, not go up so hard and stay back on the on the back check." It's like, no, I, I don't think that's what's gonna happen necessarily. I don't think McDavid's numbers are going to change here all that much, but uh, you're going to see a drop in goals for and goals against most likely. But uh, in terms of the team's success, probably not going anywhere. But uh, I, I think what we knew before this coaching hire was they weren't going to make the playoffs, and that really hasn't changed for me. Well, I see, and this is kind of what I predicted out of this conversation. I think we're going to be different on different sides here because, you know, I read into coaching more. I read into, you know, I, I, I read a lot into just the coach and what they bring into their team and the style they're going to employ. And to me, I, I, I'm satisfied by this. I, I think this is exactly what the Oilers need. Their defensive coverage was to this point has arguably been the worst in the league. And I think he's going to really bring in some discipline and some heavy hockey. That's that's much needed here. And, you know, I love that style of hockey. So, you know, I'm all over this this move. Hmm. And uh, I, I actually think this might get them into the playoffs here. I, oh, I always give a guy on. like Hitch the benefit of the doubt. I've seen him do great things in, in St. Louis during those years there. Uh, he did great things in Dallas looking way back then when he was there. 
uh, I, I'm just I'm a big fan. Like like you said, I think he's gonna really play those those great those strong players a lot. McDavid's gonna see 25 minutes a night. Uh, Drysidle, I expect him to separate McDavid and Drysidle, bring uh, Drysidle more into a checking role. So maybe he loses some of the points, but mm. becomes more of a two-way player. Um, bring Nuge back could... up. Sorry, Nuge back up to McDavid's line. Well, I I don't know too much about Nuge. I'm just speaking from yeah. from the center perspective here. I I I see McDavid. You know he'll he'll keep going that he'll he'll keep putting the numbers up. He, his style of game won't change. Just yeah. I think he's going to ask a little more out of a guy like Drysidle. I think a good comparison would be Mike Madano when Hitchcock coached the Stars back in the uh, back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Madano was a high-scoring guy, but when Hitch went in there, he told him, "Okay, I need you to play more of a two-way game if we want to win here." Mm. And sure enough, that's what happened. So if anything, I I see a comparison there with Drysidle and Madano. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I, I I think this is going to work. I think as much as I want to shit on Peter Shirelli, this was the right hire for the right time. And it, it may take a while. You know, that, that game against the Sharks, I know it was a short sample size. It wasn't perfect, but he got the job done. And uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how long this takes and, and what exact adjustments uh, he employs here. A really interesting quote that he said that I picked out was, uh, I'm going to bring in a style. You might not be comfortable with it, but if you buy in, we we will have success. Which I thought was like, you know, that that's very bold, and I uh, I liked it. I mean, it was it was cool to see. I'm not saying, you know, the the Edmonton Oilers are going to make the playoffs. That's not going to change my mind. But I like his confidence there. But uh, I'm going to make a quick prediction here that at the end of this year, Shirelli is going to be gone. I think uh, if they don't make the playoffs this year and things. And they don't come close, like they don't fight for a wild card with a legitimate chance. I think Shirelli is probably gone. When when people are saying they're going to reevaluate, I think, you know, it's black and white, the moves that he's made. So hopefully Daryl Katz or whatever his name is. I know his name's Katz, but man, <laughs> he's got to smarten up here. Get this guy out of here, seriously. And then uh, I guess we'll move on to our next coaching move, if that's all right, Nick. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, one more, one more thing I will say is I, I picked up a stat from our good bud, Gord Miller, who I'm just going to bring back into the fray here. Yep. At Edmonton, players on the... So so anyways, I'll give you some background here. Gord Miller says he evaluates the best teams in the league based on their roster and how many players on their current roster were taken after the first round or were drafted as unsigned... Uh, or sorry, were signed as undrafted players. You know, it, it kind of gives you a, a good definition as to general managers and how they've done and how, and how they build the team, how yeah. good these play exactly how these players have been drafted. And uh, needless to say, if you look at teams like Tampa, Nashville, Toronto, it tends to be around nine, 10, 11, 12 players that are drafted. Edmonton, Edmonton, all but two players have been taken after the first round or signed as undrafted FAs. Oh my God. That's yeah. bad. <laughs> that oh yeah, is nasty. So yeah, I guess uh, they're drafting all the more reason rounds. to fire him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, long time coming. <laughs> I I'll be honest. I don't want to talk too too much longer on this, but I'll be honest. When they made that Griffin Reinhardt move, I wasn't all that upset because I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how bad this would turn out. But uh, right. we talk about the 2015 draft as being the best one in recent memory, maybe since 03. 
and uh, he fucking traded a mid first for a guy we'll never see in the NHL ever again. So yeah, that just goes to show how bad that move turned out to be. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll move on to Mike Yo in St. Louis, and you'll know quite a lot about this one. Mike Yo is out, and I think Berube is in right now, correct? But uh, he's they said he might not stay the whole year. Is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, lots like the uh, the situation in L.A. It's more so an interim role. It's not really a long term commitment. In fact, uh, the GM there uh, is still looking for uh, Doug Armstrong. He's actually looking for candidates right now as yeah. Barubi's coaching this team. So right. that just goes to show you that the search is is very much ongoing right now in St. Louis. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about this situation. I, I know we heard Mike Yo say early in the year that his job should be in question. Now, it, it seems to me that... And again, I, I'm still going on the record to say that I don't mind the look of this roster on paper. I know Pierre Maguire might disagree with me, but uh, I think this roster is seriously underperforming what their potential is. And is this a, just a situation of Mike Yo lost the favor of the players? I know he's been known to be a bit of a hard ass out there at practice. Is this possibly what happened here? I don't think it's on the coach, Kyle, and this is why. When, when you want to look at, if you want to evaluate a coach, the two things I look at the most are PK and power play because those are two things that are more tactical in nature. They're Marty Ramond. I mean, they're things that a coach can actually implement and, and draw yeah. on a little sketchboard and, and show players how to perform. And if you look at St. Louis, they're in the top 10 in both PP and PK. PP being the most noticeable given they were, I believe, last in that respect last year. So if you ask me, I don't really think this is on the coach. I don't think this is on Mike Yo. I've, I've really liked him as a coach. I, I think he's really good with the media. He's a good spokesman. I, I think he was a great coach. I just think this is the team's not responding. They need a new voice. Maybe he was getting a little draining on them. Maybe they got a little tired of just hearing him. And, and they need a new voice and and uh and their gm doug armstrong just needed to make a move here and uh and had to fire him because i'm sorry i watched that game versus la and uh it was just embarrassing they got shut out by the worst team in the nhl right now and things just had to give something had to break and i i think he made a solid move here and uh and, ha- and unfortunately having to hire uh fire mike yo yeah i mean sometimes like there's nothing else you can do, right? Like the the fan base is not going to take you doing nothing. So sometimes you just got to shake things up. And uh, I'm sure Mike Yo won't be too, too long without a job. He, I think he's a decent coach, so he shouldn't be too long out there. Um, one one thing I will say, though, yeah, is um, it's not so the Craig Berube thing I read into in terms of who's replacing him. It's the fact that a guy called Larry Robinson, you might know him, Hall of Fame defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. He is joining the staff as an assistant. He's going to be working with the defense. Oh. And this guy comes from the Jacques Lemaire coaching tree, very much uh, defensive-minded. Sta- oh, you know, staples of his, of his coaching career are kind of smothering up the neutral zone, stopping teams from scoring, really mitigating offense from the other from the other team. And uh, this guy, he's going to be joining the team for a good three to four weeks. Just just bring bring in some some help to that 
fence there and very pleased to see this move. So hopefully uh, it pays off. Interesting. And yeah, I, uh, we have a segment later on talking a little bit more about St. Louis. So we'll, we'll definitely get into them a little bit more uh, later on in the show. But uh, let's move on to our main segment here, uh, which is the surprise teams. So we covered this segment a little bit earlier on in the season, but this is, as you guys know, the quarter season mark, the American Thanksgiving mark, uh, and this has been known to be a little bit of a meter stick on uh, on NHL season. Some guys who are in right now, uh, they can be, well, in general, NHL teams can be judged at this point legitimately because we've seen a, a big enough sample size. So what me and Nick are going to do to you guys right now is give you Surprise teams, both good and bad, like we did before. And uh, just a little, little bit of comments on whether they can continue and how they got to be where they are. And then at the end of the show, we're going to give you our uh, playoff picture, both both East and West. So, yeah, this is the quarter season, and we're just re-upping on, uh, on our surprise teams here. So uh, we're going to start off with the surprising teams that have been good, that have been surprised us in a good way. So I'll kick things off here, Nick, with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, currently, they're tied with Toronto. God damn. They're tied with Toronto, and they're one point back of number one in the East. I think they have 30 points, and they've just been on an absolute tear recently. Now, how did they get to this possible spot? It's, it's crazy to think. Uh, well, first of all, three or four years ago, there was a man who said he would come for Buffalo. In the best way possible. Jack Eichel has seemingly matured into a, a leader on the Buffalo Sabres. They gave him the C and it, it's finally looking like he's he's grown into the role. He's, uh, he's much more of a complete player this year. He's not scoring a whole lot of goals. But uh, him and Jeff Skinner have found some really nice chemistry on that first line. And I just want to touch on Jeff Skinner, too, who's been an absolute scoring machine after getting off to a relatively slow start. So they picked this guy up to do one thing, was score goals. And they thought maybe he'd be a good fit with Eichel. And yeah, he has been. I think he's like second in the league in goals right now. So that's been another key to their success. And I also think Carter Hutton cannot be overstated here uh, he's come into Buffalo, and basically what he's proved is that he's no joke. He put in some serious numbers in St. Louis last year, and uh, we didn't know what he would be over here in, in Buffalo without that stout defense. But he's proven, man, like, this guy can be a number one. He can carry a workload, and uh, and he's shown that he can win games. So so that's another big thing. We've also seen the resurgence of Pominville for parts of the season and I think it, it shouldn't be understated that uh, they've had good coaching too. Phil Housley, heck of a job so far. I mean, he's turned this group into a, into a team that can just find ways to win. And I think the door is wide open for them to, uh, to get a leg up on Boston right now, who's got injury trouble big time with Bergeron and Chara out. So, you know, if they can keep doing what they're doing, at least uh, like 80% of what they're doing, and, and Boston, you know loses their way a little bit without Bergeron and Chara. I don't know, but Buffalo, they, they could, uh, they could really cement themselves here in the coming months. What, uh, what do you think of Buffalo? I got two points on this team. One positive, one negative positive. The fact that if you look at their division rivals right now, whether it be Tampa, whether it be Toronto, whether it be Boston, and you talked about this injuries, 
Yeah. Tampa without Vasilevsky. Toronto without Matthews. Boston without McAvoy, without Chara, without Bergeron. McAvoy too. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They they are an, they are an injury purgatory right now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you look at Buffalo, they they're healthy. I mean, uh, they they're missing a few bodies, but for the most part, their forwards are very healthy, and you have guys overperforming like Skinner. And, and it's it's been great to this point. So my positive point is the fact that they can really take advantage of this little, you know, window for the next month of them being healthy and their rivals not being so healthy and, and really make a make a jump here in the standings. What I, That's what I hope can happen. Yeah. The one thing that's a negative point I have is that, and this is a little stat I picked up the other day, I believe they've won six or seven in a row now as of uh, today, the 22nd of November. Is, mm. that, is that correct? Something like that. Yeah, they're on a tear yeah. recently for sure. Five of those games that I just mentioned, six or seven, sorry, I forgot the number there, but five of those games they have trailed in. Hmm. Okay, that that is not a trend for success. That is not a trend you can keep up. Kudos to you for having come back in five of those six or seven games. But the reality is, as we get closer to the end of the season here and the scoring settles down and, and teams become a little more defensively aware, that's not a trend I'd like to keep going if I'm Phil Housley. Yes, I like to come back in games, but I don't always want to fall behind where I'm asking so much of my team each and every night. So if I'm Buffalo here, I'm a little concerned about that that stat right there because it shows, yes, we've been great. Yes, we're right up at, there with the Leafs and the standings. But the reality is we, we just barely got there. Like we're just winning these games. It's not like mm. we're blowing teams out of the water like the Leafs or Tampa have been doing. So that, you know, I had a point, a positive point, but that that's a negative point that you ought to be looking at and, and something that you hope to fix if you're Phil Housley and his staff. Fair enough. And uh, you know it's funny, Nick. When I look at when I look at Buffalo and the thought of playoffs, it doesn't it feel really hard to imagine them in the playoffs? Like they've just been bad for so long. It f I can't picture them in a playoff series against anybody. So for it to happen, I would love for it to happen, man. I I couldn't uh, I couldn't imagine. Imagine we had a, a Toronto Buffalo first round somehow. Fuck. Fantastic. I would, I would subscribe for that to that for sure. But uh let's move on. Let's hey, move hey, on. hey, it could happen. Because oh, yeah. you, you could yeah. foreseeably have the Leafs come first. Yeah. And Play Buffalo come, you know, last or first in the wild card out yeah. of the second spot or the first spot. So hey, could happen. Hundred percent. And that'll be a, a sweet Eichel versus Matthews. Of course, that's gonna be the storyline. It's gonna be amazing. Mm -hmm. And just a little side note, just real quick. I heard uh because Skinner's on a contract here. I heard he's asking for north of nine. <laughs> wow. North of nine. You're not you're not getting north of nine, but that's gonna be another that's gonna be one of those issues with, with Skinner lighting it up this year. Is they're gonna like how are they gonna pay him? What are they gonna pay him? And uh and that kind of thing. But let's move on to number two. Uh a team that I seriously dislike in a in a major way. The New York Rangers, Nick. I, I kinda had this team uh, in in the hunt for Jack Hughes, because I just, oof, I do not like this team. But how did they get here? I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is playing great. Uh, Kreider has been a revelation this year. He's played amazing. Uh, Pionk on the on the blue <laughs> line has been a surprise. Uh, there's some good things happening here, Nick. But uh, 
This, to me, seems seriously not sustainable. I think that right now they're second in the Metro. And, yeah, go figure. The Metro is just a disaster so far. Uh, a lot of the Metro teams have seriously underperformed. But uh, there's no way this New York Rangers team is going to stick around. I know they've gotten some pretty good contributions from their young guys. But, uh, no, I, I, I don't. Uh, I look at this roster, especially this forward group, and I'm just like, no, freaking way are they going to stay up in this race so i see them plummeting sooner rather than later yeah i I think of the teams in this surprise section this is certainly one of those where i don't think they can sustain it i'd agree with you but with that said there have been some good storylines you you look at the players across the board and you see the guys like pionk who've got you know 14 points in 20 games um, you look at guys like Zabanajad, who I have in a league, who I had high hopes for. He's among the lead leader in shots. He's got 80 shots, which is great to see. Yep. Um, but I agree. When you look at the back end, you look like guy. You look at guys like Shattenkirk, who are you know supposedly your best defenseman, and then you look at a guy like Hank on uh, you know in, in the crease who can only break down from here. I know he's he's been surprisingly great so far. 261 GAA, 919 save percentage. Hey, that's great. But it's only been, you know, we're only a quarter way through here, and and I could definitely see those numbers regressing significantly. Yeah. Um, Alexander Georgiev oh. has been fantastic. Who the fuck um, is that? Hey, he's been very good. But again, <laughs> short sample size. I don't know if he can keep it up. Yeah. Um, so lots of question marks, more question marks than other surprise teams on our list here. And uh, that's why I can't really see them keeping this up here. I don't even think they meant to do this good so far. And it's not like they're doing super, super well. It's just that the rest of the Metro is just struggling that much. Mm-hmm. So I think once, and I do think there's there's teams in the Metro that'll figure it out like pretty soon. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to those guys too. But I don't think Rangers are going to stick around. Uh, number three on the good surprise list is the Montreal Canadiens. And man, oh man, Nick, these guys have been stressing me out re- recently. Like, I, I almost wish they just didn't get off to this start because now it's like I'm stressed about them winning. So it's really hard. It's I, I mean, I kind of feel where you're coming from because, like, you've seen your teams just plummet, St. Louis mm-hmm. and L.A. So I, I'm, I'm just feeling so much stress. Every time I flip on the game, it's like, man, this sucks. But... Uh, We've seen how they get here. Yeah. So, so Claude Julien has rebranded their game into a fast brand of hockey. We've seen the breakout of Max Domi as a star in this game. Um, we've seen chemistry between Domi and Drouin that uh, it looks pretty promising that we've, we see those guys kind of leading that line and leading the way offensively. Gallagher's Gallagher. Uh, and, you're, and you're still doing it without uh, Weber and, and Paul Byron. So those are those are two guys that uh, have a huge imprint on this roster too. Uh, they're actually eighth in league scoring in terms of goals for, uh, and they're doing a lot of that at five on five. Believe it or not, their power play has been pretty poor, so they're getting a lot of their scoring done at five on five. And you got to think that with Weber coming back and that bomb on the power play, that's going to do nothing but improve their power play scoring. So. Scoring is just not the problem with this team. It's that awful. Sometimes, man, this defense, I, I could swear it's the worst in the league because they're they are 28th in goals against, not goals against per game. It's just straight up goals against. And um, 
our criticisms from early on in the season, the fact that they're slow and, you know, they lose coverage. I saw very specifically, I saw Taylor Hall just turn a guy inside out um, last when, with their last game. I think it was last night. And, uh, and they just they got scored on there. So their defense has been poor. Uh, their goaltending has not helped all that much, although Carey Price did seal a couple games on this recent road trip. Um, but uh, it's tough for me to judge these guys without, you know, Weber being back in there because he is such a big part of this group. Um, I don't... It's, it's, uh, it's tough for me to judge, but I think they're going to be still fighting for a wild card spot come end of the season. Whether they get in or not, it's it's going to be a huge coin toss. But I think uh, it, once you get all their players back, and if, if Domi and Druen can keep this up, this chemistry, I think it might you might see a playoff team here, Nick. Uh, it's going to be an easy first-round exit if they do make it, but you might see a playoff team here. Yeah, to me, it comes down to how good this team gets when they get those missing pieces of the puzzle back when you get Paul Byron in what happens when you get Shea Weber in what happens because right now I agree this team looks like a mess in their own zone you watch the game against New Jersey last night Carey Price has no chance on any of those goals and uh I I mean you look at yeah and and you you look at their stats you know their team stats here and yeah goals four they're surprisingly up there you know uh in the in the top half of the league but goals against bottom five in the league they're letting 3.41 goals against per game and, and i'm not surprised by that number at all um so you've kind of see them sacrifice the defense for offense and it's a sacrifice so yeah. far that they've been happy to make given they sit in a wild card spot right now but over a whole year, I don't think you can ask that much out of Carey Price. At some point, you're going to have to really hunker down here and fix some things in the defensive end, which I hope a defensively-minded guy like Claude Julien will be more than capable of doing, uh, especially once he gets uh, you know, their so-called best defenseman back in Shea Weber come mid-December. Yeah, a couple more notes on the defense here. Jeff Petrie has been fantastic for what he's been asked. Uh, this is definitely not when they, when they acquired him, this is definitely not how they saw him playing, but in the absence of Weber, he's been just a fantastic fill in just that he's performed every role they've asked him to. So that gives me a lot of hope knowing that if they move him as all of a sudden a second pairing guy, he's looking really good in that role. Um, but guys like, uh, Carl Alsner, who's been scratched for like 16 of 21 games. He's barely on this roster anymore, Nick. Carl Alsner has played like six games. Jordy Ben has just looked as bad as everyone thought. He's just getting turned inside out. I think he might have been the guy who got burned by Hall on that play. And uh, man, I, I don't know how they keep giving him. They give him pretty decent minutes, man. Like I'm, I don't know why they keep putting him out there. Uh, guys like Mike Riley are, are guys I'd, I'd like to see get more of those minutes. He had a pretty good goal the other day uh, on that road trip. But yeah, the defense is like we thought. They're they're slow right now. And um, I don't know if that's going to change this year. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with these guys. One more thing. Get your fucking power play together. Oh, 13.8%, 28th in the oh, NHL. God, yeah. Get your act together. This is almost LA Kings bad. It's nasty. Okay? 
it's terrible. You at some point you got to stop throwing Duran out there if this is going to continue because this is just god awful. I'll tell you the problem, and I, I've I've watched I've noticed it a lot is entering the zone. You you've got uh, obviously Duran. They're they're choosing as the guy to you know drop it back to and enter the zone. And too often he's entering the zone and trying to get by two guys and having it poked away. Now once they're in the zone, I love Duran on that power play, but maybe give a guy like Domi. Uh, the uh, the the privilege the responsibility of bringing that puck in because Duran's just not doing it right right now he's just he's trying to take on too much at once but once he's in the zone I love Duran on the power play don't don't get me wrong but uh, man him carrying it in it just fucking oh it I hate it I hate it so much I hate it so much yeah no you'd know best given how much of their games you watch and I've only seen a short sample size, and I've only seen the same thing. Their entries are, are a big problem to say the least. So that's yeah, that's the worst part. They clean it. it up, and they they don't want to they don't want to waver from that because like, you know, they think of Drewan as the guy with the hands and the speed, but uh, you know, he, mentally he sometimes he just tries to take on too much, like you know. But we'll we'll move on here. We've got one more team in the good surprise section, and um, I'll give this one to you, Nick. I'll give this one to you. It's the Minnesota Wild. I I was nice. low on them, and I think you were a little higher in in the preseason. But uh, they're tenth in the league in goals for, eighth in the league in goals against. So very solid both ways. And what I'll say about this team in terms of identity, they're just solid up and down. They've got even contribution throughout their roster, balanced offense and balanced D. Dubnik's been very very good. You're not seeing one guy spike out and and be a superstar, but you're seeing a lot of secondary scoring. Um, yeah, it to me, it seems like it's a product of good coaching. It's just a very solid veteran group. I got some guys who are just, you know, they're coming in and doing their job. They're playing their roles perfectly. So, yeah, this to me looks like a team that could be sitting very comfortably in a playoff spot for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm. I'm not surprised at all. And f- no, in fact, I'm a little over surprised. I, I I think I picked them as a wild card team, and and right now they look like a division playoff team in in my opinion. Yeah. I, I I look at them how they're playing, and they recently had a Californian road trip. They played really well on that trip. Um, they showed me a lot there, and then they lost a few games. They've kind of been streaky. They won a lot of games consecutively, then they lost a lot consecutively, and now they're kind of in limbo. So they're, they're just trying to find their way. But for the most part, they've been great. Uh, from the defensive side of the ice, they've been fantastic. Yeah. If you look at their shots against per game, it's among the league best in the league. Um, yeah, the 12th, 12th uh, best in that regard. Goals against, like you said, 7th best in that regard. So they cl- check all the boxes for me. And, and when you look at certain players who've just had surprisingly good years, I mean, Parise out of nowhere, yeah. 19 points in 21 games. Mika Koivu out of nowhere, 19 points in 21 games. I know these guys are old, but they're still contributing. And then, of course, you got that youthful exuberance in guys like Matt Dumba, who's had a great year. I, I was watching highlights the other night. This guy, he scored a goal on the power play. It was the funniest celly I've ever seen, Kyle. He straight up took his hand out of his glove. Oh, the handshake. In his cell, his yeah, celly, yeah. he gave a firm handshake to his love defense it. partner. Love I it. fucking love that shit. <laughs> I'm going to pull that shit in three on three. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's good. So uh, I, I just love the character here. I love the enthusiasm. I, I just, 
lots to like in this team, and I only see them keeping it up from here on out. Yeah, and even Ryan Suter has had a pretty quietly good year. I think he's at, he's at least got 15 points, I think. he's not Se- many people, 17 and 22. There you go. Yeah, not, not many people are talking about that, but he's been quietly excellent so far. I mean, the age is not catching up with him yet, but yeah, Minnesota, I mean, they're surprising me for sure, and I, it's not a team I like to watch per se, you know, it, it's just, they're not, they don't sure. excite yeah, me I that agree. much, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't want my team playing them in the playoffs as well, so mm-hmm. yeah, that that's a good compliment for them, but here's where things get interesting, Nick, the bad teams, surprisingly bad teams, we got five here. And I want to start with my favorite one of all, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Before last night, they were last in the East. What a travesty that is. Currently, they're third last in the East. And uh, they got Crosby back last night, Nick. They've had some injury problems. Again, Crosby's missed about a week or so. Uh, Justin Schultz has been out, which has been pretty tough on them. Uh, I will say, uh, Matt Murray, this to me is the Yikes. one of the headline stories for this team. He's been abysmal. Uh, it makes you wonder what what's really going on with the player. I feel like there's some behind-the-scenes stuff that we're not really seeing and we're not really getting information on. They just placed him on the injured reserve list. And uh, it, it sounds to me like it, they said it's a lower body injury, but I, as I said to you and Andrew today... This could very well be like a mental getaway, in my opinion. I think they might just be saying, you know, get out, uh, just recollect, you know, do what you need to do. Maybe he has like a little, you know, kind of a small tweak and they just say, you know what, take as much time as you need because we need you. down. We're not going to get anywhere without you. So we need you to figure out your mental game first and then you can come back to us. But yeah, Matt Murray has just been abysmal ever since last season, I guess. So, yeah, that that's that's a little scary as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So the the Pittsburgh Penguins now turn to Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari, who will be called up shortly if he's not already. Um, what else has gone down here? Uh, aside from the goaltending, the defense has been poor. It's been porous. It's been terrible. I mean, they're they're not giving the, Matt Murray any sort of break here. At the same time, uh, and we're also seeing secondary scoring struggle mightily. The the big names are getting the job done so far. Malkin, Kessel, and Crosby are, are doing their thing. Um, but the secondary scoring is not there. We're seeing Hornquist pick it up too. Um, and then, yeah, but uh, all that being said, all that nastiness has been stated and thrown out there now. I will say this, and I'll say it early. This team is by no means done. They are very, very, very soon going to be flying up the standings. I'm telling you right now. You heard it here first. This team is ready to take off. I watched the game. I watched parts of the game last night, which was which was the Crosby's return from that little injury. Man, did he look vintage. Vintage, said Crosby. I mean, it just looks like they're... You can't really count them out yet. They're very motivated to to jump back up. And, you know, one more win and they're only four points out. And the Metro is so weak that you couldn't uh, you couldn't really see them stand down too, too long, could you? No, I, I think in order for teams like the Rangers to fall in the standings, you're going to need those teams that have underperformed 
like the pens to overperform. Yeah. And and I think that's I think there's just too much veteran experience on this team. There's too much leadership. There's too much class, too much character to just falter without saying anything, you know? At the very least, they're gonna come very close to the playoffs. That's the very least. But in my mind, yeah, I agree. They're still a playoff team. Um, they're gonna miss Matt Cullen for a while, which I mm. think is a little uh, concerning. He's kind of their staple fourth centerman. I don't, I don't like seeing that. Um, I also don't know if DeSmith is capable of anchoring so many games. I know this is kind of like his first full season, so yeah. I don't know if he's ready to just be a starter with the struggles of Matt Murray. So there's still a few question marks, and, and that's why I'm not too bullish on this team, at least not as bullish on them as you are. But you got to think with all these you know, crappy teams overperforming like the Rangers that the, you know, pens should get it back together here. Yeah. One thing that should be mentioned too, is they recently got Derek Broussard back. Who's their, their third line center right mm-hmm. now. So that that's major, major news for them too. So that, that can do nothing but help. Um, a lot of people were saying uh, Mike Sullivan, their coach, his job might be in question. I do not think so. At least not this year. I I think uh, I think Rutherford is smart enough to see that uh, it, it's not has it hasn't been his fault thus far, and um, I actually really liked how Tanner Pearson has looked. Now that we're on the subject, um, hmm. I was very I was I was nervous about him and how he'd fit in, but he's been playing on the Malkin Kessel line. And I'm telling you, he's he's fit right in. And he got his first goal with the team. Actually, first goal of the season, I think, uh, just the other night. And yeah, he's he's looked just fine, Nick. He's he's fitting right in on that line. So and I, and it looks like uh, Malkin really likes the guy so far. It's like like he's taken him under his wing. He had a very funny interview with uh, the guy between the benches. I I forget who was doing it, but Malkin had the had a hilarious, horribly translated Russian kind of style interview but Hmm. yeah it looks like it looks like pearson's fitting right in and uh and sid looks as deadly as ever at least last night so yeah this is a team that we're gonna see that we're gonna see rise but uh this next team i'm not so sure i'm really not so sure i'm actually kind of a this one it 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 pains me it's the philadelphia flyers nick they're Mm. second last in the east east 29th in the NHL and goals against. Um, and here's here's my not-so-bold prediction. Short-term, Dave Haxtall is the next coach on the chopping block. I hmm. think uh, it's inevitable right now because it's another team. They're looking at themselves and going, here, I, I know we don't have goaltending, but what else can we do right now? We have a good roster, but uh, there's some guys who are seriously just underperforming right now. I'll go through a couple right now. They've got young players who are who are good name guys who have not taken a step forward this year. Provorov has been awful offensively. He tied with the league lead in defenseman goals last year with 17. He's been terrible. He's got five points. Uh, we've seen Nolan Patrick, Travis Konecti, and Shane Gostisbehere uh, go from you know a lot of promise to having just meh seasons. And you can't have those three all together be meh. That's another thing that's sinking this team right now. Uh, they need a goalie as bad as anybody in this NHL. I'm telling you right now, Elliot's been okay recently, but he's out right now. You've got Pickard and Alex Lyon as your goalies right now. 
oh my god that won't get you anywhere um what i don't think they need to do is make a knee-jerk reaction and, and makes and start making trades i want you to wait till elliot gets back and i i think the coaching change is is due pretty darn soon but uh in my opinion it's too late as much as i hype these guys in the preseason i think these guys it's too late for them to uh to make a serious go at the playoffs this year just with that goaltending i don't see it happening yeah it's kind of like my la because i that was a team i had a lot of faith in and and i know you had just as much faith in this team yeah and they've kind of fallen apart here and you look at the stats there's been no great forward on this team there hasn't really been a fantasy relevant player other than Claude Giroux, Giroux yeah. when, when you think about it, all these guys are underperforming. Gaturier, Voracek, Simmons, Konechny, Patrick. The uh, list goes on. Yeah. And the goaltending's god-awful. When, when are you going to call up the kid who's who's in the AHL right now? Like, so, something's got to give, right? Yeah, here's the problem, though. He hasn't he hasn't done super well in the AHL yet. And that that's typical for a young guy. But... Uh, the last thing they want to do is put him in a situation where he's on like a you know a, a losing team, and that's something that probably happens later in the year. I'm just saying, if I'm if I'm Philly, I'm kicking myself because I lost Hitchcock. I could have had Hitchcock. You know, maybe he'd bring some life to this defense, fix that goals against. Eesh. And now, now I'm there, and I'm like, well, shit. There aren't many candidates out there other than, uh, you know, maybe Quenville. But, but I, I, I don't even know if he's interested in getting right back into the coaching fray. Um, I do think John Stevens, Jan Stevens oh. from L.A. would be a good fit here. No. Uh, oh, yeah, he's great. He's a native of Philadelphia, which I think oh. would be very fitting. Well, there you go. And, uh, and he, he, again, very astute defensively, can maybe bring in that defensive system they had in L.A. to Philadelphia. So, hey, if, if that happens, that would be pretty cool. But that's just a little under-the-radar thing I've been thinking about. But we'll see what happens here. But I do agree with you. I do think this Hextall character is the next on the chopping block here. Yeah, man, I'm telling you. It's one of those teams where all their young guys, and I have Provorov, uh, not for much longer, mind you. But I, I'm just waiting for guys like Konechny, like Konechny and Patrick. How are they not taking another step? And how is Gossesberry going such a step back? Like last year, we're talking about him, and he's like, oh, man, this guy is like going to be an offensive dynamo. And uh, we talked about how he was sort of inconsistent, but, I mean, come on. This team is like the young guys. Like, where are these guys? And we saw Kachuria have a super career year last year. Kachuria hasn't been all that awful, to be honest. Uh, he had a really slow start, but he's picked it up recently. But, uh, man, oh, man, it, it just seems like everyone's down on themselves and the negativity is unbelievable. So, yeah, it, it pains me. But, uh, yeah, the Flyers are just, they're not, they're not good right now. They're just not good right now. And they need Elliott back in a bad way. And even then, they're not good. So, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll, we'll go to a team that seriously confuses me. Seriously confuses me. The Florida Panthers, Nick. I mean, mm. who saw this coming? They're last in the East, third last in the NHL. They have an awful penalty kill, 27th in the league, but they have a great power play with sixth. They're actually, they have the sixth best power play in the league. 
They have a middling offense in terms of scoring a five on five, uh, but their defensive is in the bottom third of the league. Um, now, how did they get here? Losing Luongo early on in the year, that set them on the wrong track to begin with. I think that's, you know, you don't get off on the right foot like that. But they seemingly had all the pieces to succeed. I mean, you've got Hoffman, you've got Dadanov, Yandel performing like stars. Like, these guys are probably exceeding all expectations that were placed on them. Each one is a point per game, I think, and Hoffman's probably over a point per game considering his streak. Um, other than the goaltending, I don't get it. Like, you've had poor goaltending, but, like, you look at this team, it's a solid defense. All those offensive guys have been performing. Huberto's been fine. Barkov has been fine. He's, he's about a point per game as well. Um, so I didn't get it then, but now you've lost Trocek. And this is in my opinion, just a devastating blow for the Florida Panthers. The um, I can't say enough about how much Vinny Trocek does for this team, the amounts of minutes he puts up, um, just face-offs in key positions. He's on the power play. He kills penalties. He's a two-way guy. Um, Jared McCann is your number two now in center. You're done. Florida's done after this. Like, they, they were already getting off to a bad start. Now you lose Trocek. I'm sorry, but there's no coming back from this, in my opinion. This is a devastating blow. I don't know how long Trocek is out, but from what I've heard, it's a long time. They said he's out indefinitely. He's got to have surgery on his ankle. You had players with their faces in their hands. It's just, it's not looking good for Florida, and I did not see this coming in the slightest. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you because I, I look at their depth now. I look at their centers, two, three, four. McCann, number three, Yuho Lemiko. God. Who is this damn. guy? Who is no Where is idea. he coming from? I have no idea. He's straight out of House League and he's centering <laughs> their third line. Aurora House League. This is League. not good. Yes. Like, this is not good. Oh, and and what I liked about where they had everyone slotted earlier was you had Barkov, Huberto, Dadanov, Yandel, Trocek as your first PP, and then you had the depth of putting Hoffman to kind of run the show on your second PP, and I thought that was great, oh, and that's yeah. why that PP percentage is so high. Yeah. But now you now you have to put Hoffman in Trocek spot on the first PP. You've overflown the first PP, and now you have fucking Vetrano and McCann and 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 uh, on your second PP, and I'm going well shit. Like wh- who's gonna score here? Mm. So I'm I'm concerned. Luongo hasn't shown he can stay healthy. I know he's been great when he's in, but hasn't shown to be healthy. And uh, this is scary. And not to mention, you have teams like Buffalo who are showing life and and can oh. foreseeably oust Florida in those initial standings predictions we made earlier. So Big life, yeah. this this is not good. This is not good. And Trocek being out for what could be the year to me looks like almost a final nail in the coffin here. So this is, uh, they're going to need to do a lot of work if they want to make the playoffs here. If you told me that Hoffman, Dadanov, and Yandel would be performing at the clip they are right now, and then you told me that they're last in the East, I'd slap you straight in the face. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense because you're you're getting what you wanted from all these guys offensively, and yet 
you're just getting lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense at all. And probably Reimer is a big one to blame here. Like when Luongo was out, those two goalies they had, they didn't do, they didn't help this team at all. So you can kind of point at that, but man, this this looks bad for Florida big time. Yeah, I like I said, I'm concerned. I'm a fan of the team. I'm a fan of the fan base. I, I hope to make the playoffs. Yeah. I'd love to go down to Florida and watch a Leafs-Panthers playoff series in round one. That would sure. be wonderful. Sure. But I have my doubts, so we'll see what happens here. Number four on the list, St. Louis Blues. Second last in the NHL. Second last in the Western Conference. Bottom third of the NHL in both goals against average and goals per game. Um, like I said before, Nick, I, it, another confusing one for me because I like this team on paper quite a lot. I think their goaltending is, is awful and I don't think they could win a playoff series with this goaltender, but I, I definitely thought they'd be better than they were. They are right now. Um, but another big question is, you know, who's going to help Ryan O'Reilly here? Where is, where is Tarasenko and like, what's going on? I thought this guy would have been uh, scoring at a, at a much better pace than he is right now. Another thing I want to say is uh, you've got young guys on this roster, Jordan, Cairo, Robert Thomas, and Robbie Fabry, who have not done much for you at all. And then my next question is, I know Thomas got his first goal uh, the other game, which is oh, good for him, good Aurora guy. But, Beautiful uh, goal. Yeah, I didn't see it, actually, so I'll watch it right after this. But you're not getting enough from the, your young guys, let's be honest. You've got Kairou, Thomas, and Fabry. My question is, why are all three of these guys still around? Don't you want to maybe choose one of Kairou and Thomas to stick on the roster and send the other guy back? Like this, To me, it just seems like you know, if they're not getting, getting it done right now, why not send one of them down, like keep maybe Kairou or whatever, uh, and then... And then see how that goes. But uh, for me right now, my closing statement on the St. Louis Blues is uh, you guys are going to have a good draft. Like it's 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 finished for me for this team uh, simply because, again, the goaltending and uh, and yeah, just just things not going right. I, I, I said last a couple couple weeks ago, I guess, that this team would turn it around and they haven't really done that yet. So I can't I can't give them my faith anymore, Nick. I'm sorry. I just I I did it for a while, but they've lost my faith. Well, I I think this is one of those mature hockey teams that can really adjust to a coaching change. I think they they won't have that same voice harping on them. I think it's kind of a fresh look. Reminds me a lot of Ken Hitchcock getting fired a couple years ago. They weren't having a great year. Hitchcock fired in comes Mike Yo, and they had one of the best records in the NHL moving forward. And uh, honestly, I, I could see this happening here. Just I evaluate teams a lot based on character, Kyle. And if you just look at raw character, it, it goes beyond belief on this team. O'Reilly, Schwartz, Petrangelo, Edmondson, Bomeister, Bozak. It, they're all over the place. And Maroon. It's just there's too many guys in this dressing room who I don't think will just lay down and give up on this team. And I think there's I think Doug Armstrong, he's a desperate GM. He made the move. He had to make the executive decision and he made it by firing Mike Yo. 
I still think this team might have a shot at sneaking in. I, regardless, I see them like Pittsburgh. I see them at the very least competing for a spot till the very end of the year. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see them faltering here and, and finishing in like the bottom 10 in the standings. No way. Um, they have a rough start here back to back home and home against Nashville. So don't read too much into that. If they happen to lose both those games, I know they lost the first one last night, but they didn't even look that bad in that one. Um, I don't know. I, I got faith in this team. I think there's a gaping hole in the West. I feel like a lot of teams have underperformed just like the blues who you would expect it to have been better. So I'd, you know, there, there, there's room there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm going to stick with them. I know Jake Allen's a piece of shit, and the more games I watch, he just... The more St. Louis games you watch, I kid you not, you watch the goals that go in, and you tell yourself, how can this guy get this team into a playoffs? Like, it's it's just... It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But, I again, I, I think the D's too good. I think they're just going to stabilize the situation. Like I said earlier, um, about the assistant coach that joined them, I, I think he's going to do a lot of good things. Just I, I keep having my fingers crossed on this team, and I still have some optimism. I, I still do. Let me ask you this, Nick. Why have I not heard a single word on Vladimir Tarasenko this year? He hasn't looked very good, to be honest. He like I watch these games, and he doesn't have the same explosiveness in his skating that he used to. He doesn't have the same presence on the power play. The power play is kind of in shambles right now because it's kind of like a 1A, 1B situation where there isn't really like a solidified number one unit. Um, honestly, there's just not a lot of speed on this team. And I know they brought in good players, but like O'Reilly's not fast. Bozak's not fast. So you're not really putting him with all these fast centermen. And because of that, he's he's kind of just stagnantly playing there. And you're right. I mean, I, I haven't really liked his game. The stats aren't there, only 16 points in 20 games. I know he's covering shots as usual, but the shooting percentage is low, 7.4%. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I'm a little disappointed in this player, especially when I actually went off the record and said I'd take him over Blake Wheeler, which now is looking like a terrible decision. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't blame you, Kyle. He has not looked the same. And I can only hope he can get himself out of this this rut because it's been very uh, un like to this point for sure. Sort of unrelated question, but are Thomas or Cairo eligible for the World Juniors this year? Or are they are they twenty years old? I could not tell you, but I th- what I, I will tell you is that are, uh, I think they are still nineteen. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I I I, I think so. But yeah. what I will say about both players is. Uh, you mentioned Fabier, Fabry earlier. He he's missed half the season already, so I wouldn't yeah. much and, and say he's been under underperforming. Um, Kairu, he hasn't even played a game, so consider that he hasn't played and a then game. He hasn't played a game. What do, what do you mean he hasn't played a game? I'm looking at St. Louis's players right now, and he is not even on this list. No way. Yeah, he's played a game. No. Come on. I'm look I'm looking at their team here on on nhl.com and uh, I don't see a Jordan Cairo. Really? Yeah. And then uh yeah, as far as Thomas goes, I don't know. I mean, it's it's his first year. They 
their their lines have been all over the place. They've been missing guys, whether it be, you know, Shen missing some time, Steen missing some time, Schwartz missing some time. They've had oh, I feel like they haven't really solidified their lines, and that's kinda that's kinda hurt Thomas here. Right. All right, well, let's move on to our last and final uh team that's been disappointing to us is the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, I mentioned that this would be a very hard team to predict for me personally when, when things got uh, got started here. They're currently 12th in the West. Uh, their goalies have been pretty darn awful thus far. Their offense has been the main crux of their problems. It's been pretty darn bad. You've got Marcia Carlson, and Tuck uh, carrying the load so far, and they're by no means having career years. Uh, Pacioretty, I know he's been a little bit better recently, but he's been terrible if you look at his entire season. Um, now, Paul Stastny and Nate Schmidt are coming back, and Schmidt's already back, so that will definitely help. Uh, and since they're in the Pacific, Nick, uh, and we know the Pacific has been bad, very bad, I think this this team's going to be just fine. Once they get these guys back and everything's into the swing of things, I think uh, Vegas is going to be just fine because the Pacific is squandering. Uh, but if this was the Central, I'd say you're in big trouble. But uh, with the, the teams ahead of Vegas right now and with the guys they're getting back, I think they'll be they'll be okay. But I don't see this. I still don't see this as the team of last year where it's like this dynamic, quick offensive group that can seemingly outskate anybody in the West. I, I don't see that this year. And I, I don't know I don't know if they'll be, go on a deep run in the playoffs, but uh, I think they'll be they'll be okay for playoffs. They'll, they'll they'll make a playoff spot with without too much stress by the time the year is over. And uh yeah, that's just how I have this team shaping up in the next couple months here. Yeah, I don't have too much to say on this team. I mean, you you'd like to think they can make it again. It's it's hard to see a team make the Stanley Cup final and not make it the next season. Yeah. Um Flurry surprisingly has stayed healthy, which is which is a good sign. Um Nate Schmidt they recently got back. Paul Stasny, you hope he comes back soon. Um I still see pieces on this team. I really like it. I really like that fourth line they have of Belmar, Carrier, and uh, Ryan Reeves. One of the more physical yeah. character, kind of hard-hitting edge te- uh, lines in the NHL. Um, I don't know. Pacioretty, you said he's getting it together. I like the team. I think they get it together. And like you said, with the weak Pacific division, the window is open. So it's not like they're missing an opportunity here. Yes, they've yeah. sucked, but a lot of other teams in that division have sucked. Yeah, so exactly. I, I, I think the window's wide open, and uh, they certainly have a good opportunity in front of them. So much like St. Louis, I can't say they're uh, definitively making it in, but I certainly see them on the fringe, either fighting for a spot till season's end or making the playoffs. So by no means do I see this team staying where they are right now. Yeah, it's... It... I should say as well is that uh, when I look at this team this year, there's just some that magic that you saw last year. I don't see that this year in terms of, you know, I don't know what you can call it. Maybe maybe like a underdog attitude or whatever you want to say. But that 
that fighter's edge they had last year. I don't really see it that le- that I don't see that this year. So that's why I don't have them uh, as a, a great team in the playoffs per se. But I yeah I get, they'll they'll fight their way in. It's just I don't have as much faith in this team as maybe some some people did in the beginning. But uh, yeah, I know you wanted to say a quick word on LA before we move on to our next section here. Yeah, well, I left the viewers in suspense uh, last uh, last week saying they had a road trip coming up and they had to win the game against Chicago to keep their hopes alive. Kyle, did they win the game against Chicago? They did not. They did. <laughs> that was a, that they was actually a won in a shootout for me. So, so they won. They won that game. They lost in Nashville as as I expected. Uh, it was actually a pretty hard hard fought loss in Nashville, and then they beat St. Louis. So here I was, Mister Optimist, saying, "All right, you went two on one on the road trip. You did your part. You're still alive in Nick's books." And then they played the deadly Colorado Avalanche last Ooh, night. School and. It was not even close. There were plays in this game, Kyle. Seven seconds into a Colorado power play, they lit up Calvin Peterson oh. in the LA in the LA Kings. It just I... did not look good. This Calvin Peterson guy, he was looking like the MVP of the NHL, and yeah. they made him look like a schlub. Oh, it, it was my. it was just awful. They ran him out of town. They ran this team out of town. This team looked god awful. This season is over. L.A. is on fire. And uh, hey, Willie Desjardins, I'll give you my my all-life savings if you can turn this around, but I don't think you're going to do it (laughs) because this team looks well behind in every respect. The teams ahead of them just look a ton better. You see them lose to these teams like Toronto and Colorado, and it's like they're just in a different fucking stratosphere. It's, it's, It's like not even close. So this team's done. I see no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no optimism. Gabe Velarde, he's two weeks out, but he's not going to turn this thing around no. quick. I know he's coming He's coming back very soon, but he's not going to score any goals for you. So unless a big major move here is done, like a big trade that changes things, I, I just... I just don't see things happening here. This, this, this should be over, Kyle. Mm. it sucks it sucks i know when you when you like a team it sucks to say all this but i said to you before the the episode started i think they would be a fantastic landing spot for jack hughes i think when you look at the player he's the epitome of the new nhl small shifty quick and i think he could just he he could be a centerpiece that you could really build around in, in terms of revitalizing a roster in, in LA, I think that would be just the antidote that they need to to fix this team. So there's something to look forward to for you, Nick, big time in terms of uh, in terms of the future, even if you do give up on this season. So that that's a bit of a positive there. Yeah, I mean, I know the odds are low. What what I, I like the the odds aren't even that high for if you come last. Yeah, but uh, so so that's not so good, but. I'll, I'd, I'd still take the best odds because, like I said, I'd much rather finish last than make a run and just barely make the playoffs. So hopefully management recognizes that and uh, they blows they blow this thing up. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go at this point. 
But, but uh, again, it, it, it's, it's going to be hard to do that because you have these veterans on this team who refuse to lose. It's not like it's a team full of kids, right? Yeah. It's like guys who have class and character like Kopitar, Carter, Brown, Dowdy, Muzzin, Quick. These guys aren't just going to give up and lie on their backs, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's not like your prototypical tank like the Rangers from last year or like the Leafs from two years ago. Like it, it's just... That, that doesn't really exist on this team. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. That's why it's tough when you have a team full of proud, established veterans is that you almost mm-hmm. have to get their approval before you blow it up, right? Exactly. Because, you know, all of a sudden you trade, you tr- make a bunch of trades or you say that you're going to, you know, this is our rebuild year. Then you get some guys who are unsatisfied and, you know, it just becomes a whole mess of problems. So... Yeah, I don't envy the GM there and what he's going to have to do in the next couple of years. But uh, I think, yeah, I, I think it's inevitable what you have to do because, I mean, the game's not changing anytime soon and uh, the roster just doesn't fit. So, you know, it, there's tough calls will be made in the next couple months and years. And, oh, yeah, this team's going to change. It's going to be fun to watch, but it's going to take a while in my opinion, but... Anyways, we might as well move on to our last and final segment of the show. Looks like it's going the distance, this one. (laughs) But uh, we'll try to make this relatively brief in terms of, you know, assessments and and dissections. So right now we're going to give you our quarter season playoff predictions, both east and west. And how we're going to do it is I'm going to give you my east, broken down into Metro, Atlantic, and Wildcard. And then Nick will give you his, and then we'll chat in between. So I'll start off with mine, if you're ready. Let's go. The Metro Division, top three. Number one, Columbus. Number two, Pittsburgh. Number three, Washington. The Atlantic Division. Wow. Number one, Tirana. Number two, Tampa Bay. Number three, Boston Bruins. Wild card. Number one, Buffalo. I'm coming for you. Number two, nice. Montreal Canadiens. And that is my East. Okay. Well, I will uh, lead off here. Unless you want me to comment on those picks. Oh, if it's burning. If not. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll just say something quick. Um I'm surprised to see Columbus number one in your Metro. Yeah. But when I think about it, there's flaws on Washington and Pittsburgh that are definitely glaring. So I see why you got that going. And then of course, with the Montreal bias, not so surprised to see them, them just make it there. You like Buffalo Um, there? I do. I do. And uh, (laughs) speaking of that, let's get into my predictions here. Yes. Metro division. Number one. Washington Capitals, defending champions, will finish first in the Metro. Number two, Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm. Tortorella will rally this team. They will finish second in the Metro. Number three, my surprise team, the Carolina Hurricanes. No. Loved what I saw out of them versus the Leafs the other night. They look like my kind of team, very sound defensively. They've been getting great goaltending out of backup any. Not so much a backup (laughs) anymore. He's been doing great. You know, with more of a workload, which is great to see. Darling, I don't like so much. He hasn't been so great, but 
man, boy, oh boy, do I love this team. Especially if they get Nylander, things could be scary. So I got, I got Carolina there as my three, kind of my dark horse. Uh, Atlantic, Toronto number one. I had doubts about this going in, but I like them now, just having watched their games. Freddie Anderson will win the Vezina Trophy. Ooh, number like two, it. Tampa Bay Lightning. I know they lost Vasilevsky, but just too, too, met, too much veteran leadership here. I like them at two. Number yes. three, Boston Bruins. Yes. They will overcome the injuries. They look too good. Analytically, they look too good. I like how they look defensively. They'll be just fine. And my wildcard teams, number one and two, respectively. Pittsburgh and Buffalo. I don't know the order there, but I think Pittsburgh just gets in despite the struggles. And Buffalo, they kind of leapfrog over Florida, in my opinion. They look too good. So that's where I sit with the East. So I guess what we have here, Nick, is our Atlantic is exactly identical. Our Metro is different in the fact that Carolina is in. And I don't have Carolina in anywhere. Um, Yes... I thought about it. I really did. I thought about putting Carolina in front of Montreal. Definitely not uh, not Pittsburgh. But, uh, man, I got to say, that <laughs> this is a fucking goofy team, man. I hate... I liked it in the beginning, but I, I'm starting to get pissed off with their home celebrations. <laughs> and it means nothing to how good of a team they are, but it's just getting a little tacky to me. And it, it's... You know, if if I were an NHL player who was good, I'd be chirping them all fucking game long, all game long. I'd be like, "What are you gonna do today, huh?" And then whatever, doesn't matter. But yeah, I don't like their scoring ability. You mentioned if they do get Nylander, that is a huge. It's a huge if, and it, yeah, if they do, then that changes my entire thing for sure. And I know they're in the in the they're the front runners to get them, if they do trade them, but. Yeah, I just I don't like their their scoring, and I don't like I don't have faith in their goaltending, um, and that's just that's why I, I don't have them in there. But it was close between them and Montreal. It was super close, but at the end of the day, I, I just went with with who I liked more. So, yeah, that's just m- me on Carolina. I don't like the celebrations anymore. Cut that shit out. Cut it out. <laughs> Some people say it's good for the game. I don't say that. I think it's stupid. Yeah, it is pretty dusty, but I'll just leave. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we, <laughs> it was cool in the first week, but I agree. It's it's a little like, too much now. What if you like they do something new every time? What if you run out of shit to do? How stupid is this gonna get on their thirtieth, on their twentieth home win? What's gonna happen? Oh, I don't want to think about it. it. Gives me the shivers. <laughs> let, let me get into the West. All right, here we go. Ready? Uh-huh. <sighs> Central Division. The best division in the West by a mile. Number one, Nashville. They've cemented themselves as the best team in the West, in my opinion. Number two, Winnipeg Jets. Still got a great record, and they can improve on what they're doing so far. Number three, Colorado Avalanche. I know the Minnesota Wild have a spot right now in the top three in the Central, but Colorado is just too deadly to not have a top three spot in the Central. Uh, Pacific Division, number one, San Jose Sharks. They're on the rise. They're figuring things out, and the Pacific is weak, so it's theirs for taking. Number two, the Calgary Flames. 
this team has surprised me big time. And I like what I'm seeing. Number three, the Vegas Golden Knights. I only put this team in here because no other Pacific team is getting a wild card spot. So this is technically the last spot, last playoff spot for the Pacific. So Vegas sneaks in there ahead of guys like Anaheim, Edmonton, and company. Wild card. <clears throat> like I said, two central teams. Number one is Minnesota. I mentioned that I, I was surprised and I liked them earlier. And I think they're going to comfortably cruise into this first wild card spot. Not quite uh, as high as Colorado. Number two, Dallas Stars. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty disappointed in their offensive production on the top end from guys like Sagan and Ben. I thought those guys would be doing a lot better so far. But uh, they've held their own even regardless of injuries to... um, their top defender there, uh, fuck it, John Klingberg. Yes, yes, John Klingberg. So yeah, they're doing all right. They've missed Rajlov parts, but that that's my West there, Nick. Yeah, I, I think I can only spot a couple differences here. Yeah. Um, between mine, but I'll, I'll get into them after I've I've given you mine. Um, number one central, Nashville Predators, the best defensive team in hockey. So that ought to be good enough to solidify yourself atop the best in the central. Yeah. Number two, Winnipeg Jets. Too much class, too much character, too much leadership. That first line of Wheeler and Shifley, best duo in hockey, in my opinion. Love it. They will lead them to second in the central. Number three, I like the Minnesota Wild more than the Colorado Avalanche, just because mm-hmm. I see both ends of the ice. I see def- defense. I see offense. They, they just look more complete in both those respects. They may not have the the explosive first line of Colorado, but overall they just seem more better built in my opinion. That's why sure. I have them there at three. Mm-hmm. Pacific Division, number one, San Jose. Going to stick with my pick from the get-go. They're still finding their ways, but Pete DeBoer is slowly molding this team into the competitive team they're going to be come playoff time. Number two, Calgary Flames. Defensively, I love this team. I've been watching a lot of Calgary games because they've just been spanking my Californian teams. And uh, they just, they've looked great on the defensive end of the puck. David Riddick has emerged as a starter on this team. Between him and Mike Smith, it looks like night and day. This kid is a star. If you're not a fan of Calgary, tune in. This kid is fantastic. Number three, I like... And this is tough. Oh boy! I'm going to give this to Edmonton. Oh! Because I, 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 I had them outside looking in, going in. We swapped. But, yep. But I, I like, I like Hitchcock. I, I read into this more than you do. I think he's really going to ride this ship. Him and McDavid are going to get along excellent. The native of Edmonton, Ken Hitchcock, will write, write the ship. Is he really? And, yep. He, oh. he grew up selling skates at a play it against sports in Edmonton. Great story. <laughs> And uh, I, I'm telling you, that, that's how he got into hockey. This guy is is a fucking. You should love this guy. And uh, wow. and he's uh, yeah, he's gonna write the ship, and he's gonna get it together. So uh, I, I like Edmonton there. And uh, here on my wild card, just to finish things up here, I, I like Colorado, of course. Yeah, You know, didn't pick them to be one of the three central teams, but they've shown me enough 
to kind of fit into my standings here. I, I told you I regretted not putting them in to start the year, but they look too good now. The first line's too explosive. Lots of low-key guys on their second line I like, like Kerfoot. Lots of low-key guys on defense I like, mm-hmm. um, like Zadorov. Um, I, 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 there's a lot to like in this team. And then finally, my final pick, yeah. I'm torn between St. Louis oh boy. and Vegas. Oh, Wow. It's going to be one of those teams. Wow. I, I don't like Dallas very much, but huh. Vegas, I see the upside there with just the, the veteran leadership there and the fact they made the cup final last year. Yeah. And of course, St. Louis for all those reasons I outlined earlier. So that's the one I'm kind of on the fence about. Stay tuned to all the viewers. I, I should have a pick later on, but for today, Kyle, I'm just not ready to make that pick. Yeah, Nick, definitely some interesting picks there, 100%. Uh, I'm, I'm really surprised about the Edmonton pick, without a doubt. I mean, you see this much in, uh, in Hitchcock that he's able to change the culture of that team so much that they can actually push into, uh, into the Pacific. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even top three in the Pacific. I, I mean, I had, uh, I, had like, I had Vegas there. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. But, uh, I mean, as a guy who had Talbot as a goalie for just so long this year, fuck, I can't imagine, like, choosing this team to to start winning games but as uh i i digress that that's the end of the show for episode 17 of the rink moose podcast we hope you guys enjoyed it it was uh it was a good look at the quarter mark of the nhl and we kind of got you caught up to where we thought things have gone and where we think things are going so yeah we hope you guys enjoyed it and this is rink moose signing off